Hello, there we go. So, greetings from me as well. Uh, if you don't know, I'm Brandon. I am the English service pastor for our Church at Five service on Sunday evenings. And uh, yeah, before I get into it, the real exciting news for the kids, if you haven't yet, I hear a lot of crunkling paper, so I'm guessing a lot of you already have, you can go ahead and open those uh, little paper activity bags you got, uh, and uh, yeah, hopefully stay nice and entertained for the next 15 minutes. So, <clears throat> it's an honor to be here. This is actually my second time. I got to do this, the, had the privilege of uh, doing Heilig uh, Abend, I don't know why it's hard for me to remember Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve last year, so I'm kind of two for two, and I'm excited to be here with you guys this year in this Christmas Eve. And on this Christmas Eve, in this year 2020, there's mixed feelings. I know that uh, we had a lot more booked in the services, and a lot of people were like, mm, I'm not sure if I'm going to go. There's, a lot of, uh, there's, there's feelings of confusion, of uncertainty, maybe also a bit of hopes of hopefully coming relief that the year is finally almost over. <clears throat> 2020 has been an interesting year, and it's hit all of us. I think some more than others, for sure, and all of us in very different ways, and yet it has certainly hit us all. And many would even question the wisdom of us coming together today, and have questioned, of us gathering together to have service. Is it really worth it with all that's going on? Is it worth coming together? And to that I want to say, before we even start, an emphatic yes, it is. This has been a year where our minds have been so overwhelmed and kind of bombarded and, and just uh, clouded with so much information. Every day we're kind of glued to our phones, to our screens, being filled and put to the edge of our seat, waiting for the next update. This year especially, we need the unity of the body of Christ. We need church. And I say that knowing that not everybody can come. I know that those of you watching uh, on YouTube right now, I'm glad that you are able to tune in with us, but I am glad for those of you who were able to come out and be here with us together. I think that's a powerful thing and an important thing in this crazy year we're coming to an end of. We need church. And so on that note, I want to invite you, all of you here today, but also those of you watching online, to come with me now. And to leave all of that, all of that chaos from this year behind, at least for tonight, I hope to encourage you and to help you find at least a little bit of peace in the stillness as we look back on this holiest of nights. The title of the message today is The Greatest With Us. It's kind of a conclusion to a series we just ended in our, through our advent of Jesus is Greater, or greater than. And so today we're looking, we're taking our eyes off of the world for a moment, if only for a moment, and let's instead focus our attention on the greatest one, Jesus, and reflect on what his coming to this earth really means for the world and also for our everyday lives, even in a year like this, that we may be encouraged and find encouragement and hope and strength for whatever may come next. God only knows. 
I want to look at this because we need this right now. Now, as we reflect on the story of Jesus, you've heard it now in a children's version and now the Luke version, so hopefully it's in your minds pretty fresh right now. And as we look at that, we can also, he, he talks about that there's a, this was a sign, this will be a sign as you, you'll see him lying in a, in a manger, but this whole thing is actually a sign in itself that was talked about centuries before this when God kind of showed that the, there would be a sign that would come through this story and it would be the evidence, if you will, the proof that he is going to fulfill the promise that he made, that one would come, that would bring salvation. And if we look at that in Isaiah 7, 14, it says, therefore, I'll just read it, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin, that would be Mary, will conceive and give birth to a son, that would be Jesus, and will call him Emmanuel. Now, of course, we know Jesus is called Jesus, not Emmanuel, so what is that talking about? Well, Emmanuel literally means God with us. So it's not really a name or a title as much as a description, a description of the promised Messiah, who the promised Messiah would be and how we would know Him. So these three simple words, or at least in English, God with us, Emmanuel, may seem so small. We can run right over it. It can seem so insignificant, but it may be one of the greatest statements in Scripture. It's a powerful it's an accurate and a beautiful description of who Jesus is. Now, today I want to show you, in my brief time, the significance of these three words by breaking them down as the description of Jesus that they are and looking at each a little bit closer. So, what we're asking then <clears throat> is, what is the meaning of calling Jesus Emmanuel? Or to say, what does it mean when, Jesus, when we say Jesus is God with us? Well, the first we have to look at is God. God. If we're looking at God with us, we have to understand God. And what I'm saying is that Jesus is God. To understand what it means that Jesus is God with us, we have to first grasp that He is God. Not He was God, but then at some point He gave that up. Or He's kind of God, but kind of not. He is fully God. He is fully God. He has always been. He will always be. He was there at the foundations of creation itself, and He will be there to the very end of this age and beyond. <clears throat> now, why is this so important for us to grasp? Because this Jesus that we're talking about, that we're remembering as He came to the earth, He's the one who offers us eternal salvation he offers us freedom from our sin, from our guilt, our shame, whether it's our past, our present, or our future, and instead gives us peace and hope and love. And when we have this truth as our foundation that He is first and foremost God, we never forget who it is that we belong to, who it is that we're putting our trust in. Now, one of my favorite depictions of Jesus in his nature as God is found in Colossians 1. And this is from a, a larger section. I'm just going to read a small piece of it uh, for time's sake. And I'll read uh, Colossians 1, 16 through 19. I'll just read it for you. And here we have a powerful depiction of who Jesus really is when we look at him as God. It says, For in Jesus Christ all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, 
whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. You see, Jesus is the fullness of God. He is the fullness of God. He is the greatest. He is above all things. He is before all things. Creation itself, I love that image, creation itself is held together by him. There's not one molecule in this universe that can sustain itself without him. He reigns in absolute authority over all rulers and powers and authorities. Nothing is above him. He is great and greater than all that was, all that is, and all that will ever be. This means this Jesus who came to earth even as a baby, he came also with authority. This is good to know. This is good to remember and remind ourselves of because for those of us who belong to him, who follow him, who call him Lord, he has authority to give us peace in times of storm, to give us rest in seasons of great stress. He has authority to bring stillness amidst chaos, to restore broken hearts, to heal hurts. Remember that he is God, and there is nothing too big for him, nothing he cannot handle, nothing he cannot heal, nothing he cannot restore, nothing stands outside of his authority. What a great and encouraging reminder in the time we're living in. So first, we have to look at he is Emmanuel, he is God, and he is God with us, which leads us to my second point, with. Jesus is with us. When we look at him as God, he seems so far away. He seems so big, standing there up on his throne, having authority over all things and being there for all time. And yet he is with us. Why? Because he is one of us. He is fully God, never losing his power or authority, but he is also fully man. Philippians 2, 6 through 7 says, Jesus, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. So he never abandoned his nature as God. He never diminished in his authority. And though he had every right to come in any kind of power he wanted, I, was, I mean, he could have come to earth with like lightning shooting out of his eyes and out of his fingertips if he wanted to. He had all authority. But instead, he chose to humble himself and to come as a baby, to take on a human nature. And in his human nature, he has so humbled himself or humbled himself enough that he not only can come close to us, but he can understand us. Not only does he have power and authority to actually work in our lives and to bring change and restoration in our lives, but he also understands what we go through, how encouraging that is. He knows frustration. 
He understands hurt. He has experienced loss. He has wept. He has felt pain. He has felt suffering. Being fully God and fully man, He meets us where we are. He walks alongside us in this journey of our life, and He walks with us every step of the way. In Matthew 28, 20, it says, And surely I am with you. Not I am with you sometimes, not with you just when you're doing really good or being really, acting really well, or I'm not just with you when things are really bad. It says, I'm with you always, and I will be with you always to the very end of the age. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, a gift that we receive upon surrendering our lives to Jesus, we walk in constant connection and relationship to Jesus Christ. No matter what we face, He is there. He laughs with you, and He weeps with you. He is the perfect Savior, holding all power and authority, and yet having humbled Himself all the way down to humanity, coming into this world as a baby. He is a Savior that can relate to every experience we will face. He comes not only to save you, but to know you and to reveal Himself to you. It's good news. He is always near. That means no matter what situation you may find yourself in right now, or this year, or this week, you can always call on Him. You can always speak to Him out of your pain, out of your suffering, out of your frustration, even out of your doubts and your fears. And don't forget, though, to also speak to Him out of your joy, out of your thankfulness, out of your love for Him. He's always listening. He's always there. He wants to hear it all. He asks us to share all of our life with Him, not just pieces, not just sections, not just moments, but everything. Personally, I've in the 20 plus years that I've been a Christian, I can tell you there have been times where I've really walked close with Him. And there are times where I really worked hard to push Him away. But when I look back at my life, I can tell you with clarity that He never left me. He never abandoned me. When I felt the furthest from Him, He was all the time pulling me ever closer to Himself. I'm so thankful that I can serve a God, that we can serve a God, a Lord, a Savior, who is not distant from the reality of the human condition. He has experienced it all at every level, from birth to death. There's nothing you can go through that He cannot relate to and understand on a very real and tangible and empathetic way. He knows what it's like. He is Emmanuel. He is fully God. He is fully man, and He is with us. Now, that leads me to my last point, us. You see, when we get to the us in God with us, the question arises, okay, awesome, where do I come in? I, yeah, I want that. I want to experience Jesus in my everyday life. I want to feel His help. I want to have communion with Him. I want to have peace and love when I'm facing hardship, uncertainty, fear, loss, suffering, loneliness, hurt. I want that. Now, some of you may not know Him at all. Some of you may think you know Him, 
but you don't know the real Jesus of the Bible. You haven't surrendered yourself to him. And I suspect many of you have a relationship with Jesus, but you know it's not what it could be. It's not what you want it to be. Maybe not what it should be. And our instinct in God with us is to say, okay, what am I doing wrong? Where's the, where, do I sit, where do I come in? What do I need to do? How do I fulfill my duty in the us, in God with us? And the Christmas story reminds us particularly that Jesus, as Almighty God, as I've shown you, came to save us by coming to earth as a baby. The absolute image of complete helplessness. Complete reliance. Complete weakness. Anyone who's held a newborn baby, I have two kids, so I've held my share of babies. You know, there's almost a fear when you, especially when they're, when they're new, <laughs> newly born, you almost feel fearful of holding something that's so incredibly fragile, so remarkably complex, and yet utterly helpless. This is how Jesus came to the earth. And if you want to have the greatest relationship with Jesus, if you want to have that depth in your relationship with Him, to know Him and be fully known by Him, and to see the work of His, of His authority in every area of your life, then take on this example. You see, real powerful faith does not come with strength, but out of weakness. As Jesus Christ Himself demonstrated in His saving us. What did He do? Jesus Christ, of His own free will, came to this earth, laid down His own life, allowing Himself first to be born a helpless infant and to live a life on this earth, which we all know at times is hard, and He had hard times. And yet, He never sinned. He never messed up. He lived a perfect and holy life. All this so that as fully God, becoming fully man, He could become the perfect sacrifice to pay the penalty for our sin. He allowed Himself to be murdered, nailed to a cross, so that He Himself could take on the penalty of sin for our sake. What does that mean? He did all this so that you don't have to do anything but surrender. Surrender. As an infant must surrender to whoever's holding them. Rest in this truth. You had no hope, no strength to save yourself. You didn't, you don't, and you never will. It was always all Him. God with us reminds us that it is He who came to save us. We didn't even know we needed to be saved. He did this while we were still sinners, while we were still dead in our trespasses, still blind to what was right in front of us, not even able to see our own sin or to be aware of the fallenness of this world. And in this state, He died for us. He first loved us and opened our eyes to the truth, giving us a whole book now to teach us of this truth. Do you realize that you are like this helpless infant and that it is He who led you to Himself? This is an important truth. 
Because when you realize this, that we are in a fallen world, that you are sinners deserving nothing of God's love, we don't deserve His love, He doesn't owe us anything, this then becomes the first step to receiving all the love that He has to give. But if you're trying to work on it, if you're trying to earn it, if you're trying to gain something, you'll never be able to get all the love that He has to give you. To step into the fullness of genuine relationship with Jesus Christ. For it is not in great strength or acts of valor or charity that earn us the right to receive the full grace and love of Jesus Christ. On the contrary, it is not in strength, but in surrender. That is where our faith is made strongest. And I hope that you leave here today in this short message encouraged with a renewed understanding of your need for Christ because the more you understand that you need Him, the more you will understand your relationship with Him and the closer He will be in your life. So this Christmas of 2020, we need to have a strong foundation in our life. We need to have a Savior like Jesus Christ who has authority, who has power, and has victory over all things in this world. And we need to surrender ourselves to Him. So as you reflect on the Christmas story over the holiday, I encourage you to take moments to thank Him, to repent to Him, and to confess, I cannot do it without you. And every single day I am reminded of my weakness Jesus. And so I instead trust in your strength to save me. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this story that happened so long ago and yet it is still so relevant, pointing us and reminding us that you came in weakness and you save us through our weakness as we trust in you. Remind us this holiday, Father, to not try hard, our hardest, but to surrender. Surrender completely and know that you are always enough. In Jesus' name, amen.